0: I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today we're continuing our series in the book of Revelation. Today we're talking about war in heaven. We're in Revelation chapter 12. We, in this series, we've been treating the book of Revelation as an account of future history, written in chronological order as John the Apostle sees events unfold. Not only does he see events on earth, but also events in heaven, because the two are closely connected. Revelation chapter 4 to 19, it describes the day of the Lord or the tribulation that will soon take place on earth, a time of divine judgment, as God brings this present age to its close. And these judgments of the day of the Lord will continue and grow in intensity until their climax at the second coming of Christ in power and glory. He comes in power to judge his enemies and he'll come in glory to set up his kingdom on the earth. And John sees judgments released from heaven by Christ and his angels, which then immediately produce dramatic results on the earth. And also we see that events on the earth made by God's enemies in in defiance of him will provoke immediate responses from God in heaven and resulting in increased levels of judgment. And so there's this constant action between heaven and earth and Revelation gives a detailed sequence and timing of events, showing how events in heaven synchronize with events on earth. So far, we've seen first the rapture of the church initiated from heaven results in the day of the Lord beginning on earth the same day. Psalm 110 says, the Lord, the Father, said to my Lord, Jesus, the Son, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. This tells us that Jesus is seated on the Father's throne until the time comes for him to leave that throne and put all his enemies under his feet in order to establish his throne, his own throne, on the earth uh, from which he, as the son of David, will rule during the messianic kingdom in fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. The distinction between these two thrones, the Father's throne and the Son's throne, the Father's throne in heaven the Son's throne on earth, is in Revelation 3.21. It says, To him who overcomes I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Psalm 110 is clear that the action of Jesus getting up from his throne signifies he's about to move in judgment. And this happens at the rapture, for at the rapture Jesus necessarily must leave his father's throne in order to go and fetch his bride from the earth, immediately before he starts pouring out his judgments there. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says that, it's, that we are not appointed for this future time of wrath, but that Christ will come to save us from it. It says, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's by the rapture. And the next verse makes that clear. And then also, 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says that we are to wait for his Son to come from heaven that's the rapture, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. So at the rapture, Jesus comes and delivers us from the tribulation wrath of the day of the Lord. And thus the purpose of Jesus coming in the rapture is to deliver his bride from the coming day of the Lord's wrath. Uh, And that's about to begin straight after the rapture. Now, people differ as to when this time of wrath actually begins, but as we read on in the book of Revelation, we'll see that it makes it quite clear. After John experienced a a personal rapture to heaven in Revelation 4.1, a picture of the rapture of the church, immediately in Revelation 4 and 5, John sees the raptured church in heaven as represented by the 24 enthroned, glorified elders. And they sing about how Christ has redeemed them from every nation. So they clearly represent a large group. And they declare that Christ is worthy to open the seven seals and to read the scroll, which is the title deed of the earth. As the Redeemer, who has purchased the earth and its people with his blood, he alone is worthy to read the scroll to prove that he is the rightful owner of the earth and therefore he has the right to take possession of it and forcefully and judge all those who oppose him, because as the Lamb he has purchased the earth. Therefore, the first thing he does as he starts to act in judgment is to break these seals, and to read the relevant portion of this scroll, this title deed, to demonstrate that he's acting righteously. And that's why in Revelation 6, immediately after Christ opens the first each of these first six seals. Judgments are released on the different parts of, and realms of the world system. And notice he's standing when he does all of that. And so the day of the Lord, time of judgment, starts immediately after the rapture with the breaking of the first seal. In other words, right at the start of the tribulation, not after the sixth seal, not after the seventh trumpet, or, and not just before the first bowl of wrath, as some teach. So, first of all, the rapture. Secondly, the first six seals are broken in quick succession right at the start of the tribulation, on the first day, really, releasing the birth pain judgments, which then continue and intensify until the end of the tribulation. Then, after a delay of probably a few months, the seventh seal is broken in heaven, which contains the seven trumpets. Revelation 7 describes the reason for this delay as the time needed to prepare and anoint and seal the 144,000 uh, evangelists who will spear the evangelism in the first half of the tribulation, now that the church has been removed. As soon as they are sealed, the seventh seal is broken and the first trumpet sounded, releasing further judgment on the earth. And we saw that the seventh seal and first judgment in heaven are actually connected to an event on earth, which is the covenant that Israel makes with the Antichrist, which initiates the 70th week of Daniel, which is seven years. That's Daniel 9.27. It says, He, the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with, with many, that's the majority in Israel, for one week, that is for seven years. And so the seventh seal and the first trumpet in heaven synchronizes with the start of the 70th week on earth which are the final seven years leading up to Christ's second coming. And these this is also when the two witnesses and the 144,000 start their ministry. Then thirdly, the two witnesses minister for 1,260 days, three and a half times, and that's the first half of the 70th week. And they announce the judgments of the six trumpets, um, which, which then Revelation 8 and 9 describe the first six trumpets. And that happens during that first half of the 70th week. Then fourthly, Daniel 9.27 says, He, Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many for a week, That's seven years. In the midst of the seven years, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering, and at the temple he'll set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. This tells us that after three and a half years, the Antichrist breaks the covenant by invading Israel and taking over the temple and stopping the Jewish sacrifices. It's at that time that he's allowed to kill the two witnesses, having just completed their 1,260 days of ministry. And this is the start, starting point of the mid-tribulation interval, which lasts 33 and a half days. We'll, we'll show that. And that is called, in Daniel 9.27, the midst of the week, of the seven years. Well, for three and a half days, uh, the, two, the dead bodies of the two witnesses lie uh, open or uh, exposed on the Temple Mount, as the world celebrates their death. But then God raises them from the dead, and they ascend to heaven. And it says, after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies looked on. Immediately after this, the seventh trumpet is blown in heaven. Verse 15 says, then the seventh angel sounded. And then it was followed by great rejoicing in heaven that God will complete all his judgments during the time of the seventh trumpet and therefore the seventh trumpet will keep blowing throughout the great tribulation all the way to the second coming immediately after the seventh trumpet is blown the next event described by revelation is a woman fleeing for her life into the wilderness where God will keep her safe for 1260 days and that's the final three and a half years we read that in Revelation 12:6. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they, that they should feed her there 1,260 days. Verse 14. She might fly into the wilderness to a place where she's nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serp- serpent. This woman is identified in the first few verses of Revelation 12 as the one who brought forth Christ. And therefore she is believing Israel, she is the remnant of Israel, and she flees at mid-tribulation because she is then kept safe for the last three and a half years, or 1260 days, before Christ returns to save her from the Antichrist who is threatening her very life. This corresponds perfectly to the words of Jesus in Matthew 24. He said, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, the temple, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, for then there will be a great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And here Jesus is referring to Daniel 9.27, which tells us that the abomination of desolation will be erected in the temple at mid-tribulation. Again it says, in the midst of the seven years, Antichrist will put an end to sacrifice and offering, and at the temple he will set up an abomination that causes desolation. So, Matthew 24 tells us that believing Israel will flee to safety to the mountains of Jordan at mid-tribulation, immediately after the abomination is set up, and that that marks the start of the Great Tribulation. But Revelation 12 tells us that the woman, believing Israel, escapes um, to Jordan immediately after the seventh trumpet. Therefore, the seventh trumpet and the abomination of desolation must happen on the same day, which is three and a half days into the mid-tribulation interval, three and a half days after the two witnesses are killed. And this also proves, of course, that the seventh trumpet is at mid-tribulation and that it initiates the great tribulation. And so now we can see how everything fits perfectly into this framework. The two witnesses minister for 1,260 days, which is the first half of the seventieth week. They are then killed, but after three and a half days, they ascend to heaven. The Antichrist responds immediately, seizes the initiative back by desecrating God's temple by setting up his abomination. But God responds immediately to this desecration by the blowing of the seventh trumpet, which initiates the greater judgments of the of the Great Tribulation. It's called the abomination that causes desolation or brings desolation because it causes God to respond by bringing down desolation, desolating judgments of the Great Tribulation. And those are released by the seventh trumpet. Believing Israel responds immediately to the abomination by fleeing to Jordan, where she's kept safe for the last 1,260 days of the Great Tribulation, which is the time also of Antichrist's world dictatorship. So, in conclusion, the seventh trumpet in heaven synchronizes with the abomination of desolation on the earth and the start of the Great Tribulation. The seventh trumpet marks the start of the worst time of history ever the great tribulation it's a time when evil is fully manifested and when god's judgments are greatly intensified and that's exactly what jesus said in matthew 24 he said then when the abomination of desolation is set up there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time no nor ever shall be another prophecy that speaks of this day of the seventh trumpet blown in response to the desecration of God's temple, which initiates the worst time ever on earth, called the Great Tribulation, is in Daniel chapter 12. And it confirms that on this day, the Jews are in special danger uh, from the Antichrist. But God provides a way of escape and deliverance for the believers among them. This prophecy also reveals that these events are a manifestation of the spiritual warfare that, over Israel that is now coming to its climax, as Satan inspires the Antichrist to destroy all the Jews. And therefore, a dramatic angelic uh, intervention on behalf of Israel is absolutely required at this time. So let's look at Daniel 12 here. The setting for Daniel 12 is the last verses of Daniel 11. And they describe Antichrist's invasion of Israel at mid-tribulation. For instance, verse 41 says, he will also enter the glorious land, that's Israel. And then verse 45 says, he will plant the tents of his palace between the seas, that's between the Mediterranean and the Dead Seas. And at the glorious holy mountain, that's Mount Moriah where the temple is, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and that's where the third temple will be. So that shows that he plants himself uh, on the Temple Mount. The Antichrist will be fully installed on the Temple Mount when he will have killed the two witnesses which have dominated the Temple Mount until then. And once he's killed them, and then he will set up his abomination of desolation, dedicating the Temple to himself. And so this is the time we come to here in the prophecy of Daniel. And then we move into Daniel 12, and it says, at that time, that is, on the day that the abomination is set up and the seventh trumpet is blown, it says, Michael, the angel Michael, will stand up. Stand up to take action. The great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. Daniel's people is Israel. And there shall be a time of trouble or tribulation such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. In other words, the great tribulation is just starting on that day. And at that time, your people, Israel, shall be delivered. They'll be delivered by fleeing to Jordan. Everyone who's found written in the book, that is the book of life. In other words, these are the believers in Israel will flee. So on that day, the warrior angel, that guards Israel, Michael, will fight to protect Israel because they're in such danger. The result will be a supernatural deliverance for the believers in Israel as God provides a way for them to escape supernaturally to Jordan. However, this day will also be the start of the Great Tribulation, the worst ever time in human history. This is the very same day that was described by Jesus in very similar language in Matthew 24. Again, he said, When you, Israel, see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, in the temple, then let those who are in Judea flee, flee to the mountains. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world till this time. No, nor ever shall be." See, it's the same thing that Daniel 12 is talking about. So what does Michael do on this day, this day of great danger, this day when the seventh trumpet is is blown, this day of the abomination, uh, when the the Antichrist puts up this abomination in the temple uh, at mid-tribulation and starts to take control in Jerusalem? Well, Daniel 10.21 says that the Archangel Michael is called Michael your prince. That is, the prince over Israel. He's the angelic prince over Israel, perhaps the mightiest of all angels. And he's especially assigned to protect Israel. And so this is a time of great danger for Israel. Antichrist is now possessed by Satan. He's now asserting his power and control in Israel. And behind him and empowering him are all the satanic angelic forces working against God to destroy Israel. And therefore it will be necessary for Michael, her guardian angel, to rise up and fight for Israel at this time. And Revelation 12, which also is dated to this very day, um, describes what Michael and his angels will do at this time. First, Revelation 12.6 sets the time and gives the timing. Then the woman, Israel, fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there for 1,260 days. Remember that's the day of the abomination of desolation when the woman, believing Israel, flees to Jordan in in obedience to Jesus' words when he said that when the abomination is put in the temple, then flee, flee to Jordan. And um, Jesus said that is then the start of the Great Tribulation. So this woman fleeing is when the abomination comes, sets up and when the seventh trumpet is blown. And this, therefore, is the very same day that Daniel 12.1 described as the day that Michael stands up as an instrument of judgment to fight for Israel. And so we read what Michael does in Revelation 12.7. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, or to the ground, and his angels were cast out with him. Remember, this is also the day of the seventh trumpet, for God immediately responds to the abomination by blowing the seventh trumpet. And so the initial judgment released by the seventh trumpet is in the angelic realm. The seventh trumpet immediately releases Michael and his angels to execute a major judgment on Satan's kingdom by waging war on the dragon and all his angels and by throwing them down to the earth's surface. You see, the Bible speaks of three heavens. The first heaven is the atmosphere. The second heaven is outer space. The third heaven is beyond the universe where the new Jerusalem is and God's throne is. Paul spoke about this third heaven in 2 Corinthians 12 two. Now, Satan has already been cast out of the third heaven. Jesus said that in Luke 10. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Ezekiel 28 speaks of this fall. In uh, 28, 16, you sin, Satan sins, so I cast you, Satan, as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, out of heaven. I cast you to the earth. And so Satan was cast down to the earth and its atmosphere. And Revelation 12, 4 says he took a third of the angels with him. It says his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. So Satan is limited to the earth. And so Satan and one-third of his angels were cast out of the third heaven to the earth and its atmosphere. That's the first heaven. Now, since Adam's fall, these principalities have occupied positions of spiritual authority in the heavenlies over the darkness of this earth. So Ephesians 2.2 describes Satan as the prince of the power of the air. That's a reference to the atmosphere. And Ephesians 3.10 talks about principalities and powers in heavenly places. And Ephesians 6.12 talks about us wrestling against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness, uh, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, in the first heaven. Thus this war in heaven, described in Revelation 12, which will take place, it takes place in the first heaven, that is in the earth's atmosphere. Revelation 12 again says, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, out of the first heaven. That serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, that is, he's cast to the earth's surface. And his angels were cast out with him. And so the seventh trumpet releases a major judgment on the kingdom of darkness over this world system, resulting in all of Satan's angels being cast out of their positions of spiritual authority over the darkness of this world. By the way, in the millennium, these same positions of authority will be occupied by us, the resurrected saints, who will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Thus, as part of the judgment of the seventh trumpet, Michael is used by God to judge Satan and his angels. This weakens their ability to destroy the fleeing Jews at mid-tribulation. And so this action also has the, the result of fulfilling Michael's special mandate of, as protector of Israel. For it restrains the power of Satan at this time, and the Antichrist, during this crucial mid-tribulation interval, while believing Israel is making her escape. We'll see next time that she has a window of opportunity of 30 days to escape and reach her place of safety before Antichrist's world dictatorship begins. And that will then last 1,260 days. She will be kept safe there during Antichrist's time of world dictatorship for these 1,260 days. So the great tribulation in all lasts for 30 days plus 1,260 days, which is 1,290 days. And we'll see that next time in Daniel chapter 12. Well, when Satan and his angels are cast out from their heavenly positions of power, heaven rejoices. We read that in Revelation 12. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down and they overcame him, the believers overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea for the devil has come down to you, to the earth's surface having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. So Satan and his angels are cast down at the seventh trumpet so the short time remaining when Satan is active on the earth's surface is the whole time of the great tribulation of 1290 days. Then we read that when the dragon saw that he'd been cast to the earth he persecuted the woman who'd given birth to the male child. As soon as Satan is cast down at the seventh trumpet, he tries to destroy the woman who has just begun her flight to Jordan. But God helps her to make a speedy escape, just like he helped Israel flee Pharaoh at the Exodus. It says, the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to a place where she's nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. God will provide all her needs in this place for the two, 1,260 days of Antichrist world dictatorship. Satan tries to destroy the woman by inspiring Antichrist to send an army out after her, just as Pharaoh pursued Israel. It says, The serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But God intervenes and swallows up this army, just as Pharaoh's army was swallowed up by the waters of the Red Sea. It says, But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood the army, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. He, you see, he had commanded Antichrist to send the army. Revelation 12 describes the escape of the woman at the seventh trumpet, followed by the casting down of Satan to the ground on the very same day, followed by his failed attempt to destroy this woman as she's fleeing. The way that the story of Satan's fall is intertwined with the story of the woman's escape proves that this is still a future fall of Satan that will happen at mid-tribulation, and that Michael's action against Satan is closely connected with God's protection of believing Israel as she flees, just as Daniel 12.1 implies. Thus, part of the action takes that God takes in order to protect Israel at this time of danger is to remove Satan's kingdom from the heavenlies, thus greatly weakening and limiting his spiritual power in the situation. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, ox x 3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.